Hi, JJ here with the Art of Value. Today I'm going to talk about the latest Micron technology earnings and also remind us of Manish Papri's thesis for Micron, which he has laid out in a few interviews in recent times. Okay, let's get straight into it. So if you're watching on video rather than audio on screen right now, I've got a list of super investors from Dataroma who own Micron, and it's quite a list. If we look down the list, Manish Papri's at the top with a big percentage, and Lee Lu, and Lee Lu collaborated with Monish Pabrai on the thesis for Micron, and we'll see that in a minute. Monish lays that out in one of his interviews. He talks about working with Lee Lu on that. Then we have Guy Spear, and Seth Klarman, David Tepper, Prem Watzer, just to name a few. So we're in good company if we own it. I do, along with Monish. So let's get into what Monish says about it. These are all the things that Monish has said in interviews about Micron technology and his thesis that I could find anyway. Here we go. He says, The largest position we have is Micron technology. It's in the memory business. And for the longest time, the memory business for decades was a terrible business. Boom and bust. Too many players. Someone innovates. Cuts their costs in half. Now the price of your inventory is above the selling price and you're losing money while they're making money hand over fist till you catch up and you can catch up or maybe you don't. And it was all that going on. Moore's law and prices declining until we hit a point we were left with three players and I think three rational players and the game changed. So this is where he gets into how it's changed. Now everyone saw that there were three players, but they had so much history and pain from the decades in the memory business that they refused to believe that anything was going to be different. And my thesis about three or four years ago was it's completely different. So he thinks the business has changed. So the thing is that if you look at the Amazon data center and it cost them 200 million or 100, 100 million to put that up, about 30% of that is going to the memory guys. So it's a tax on all the streaming, all the e-commerce, all the shopping, on everything. And I'm sitting here collecting the tax. I think the thing is that now it's an industry with rapid change. So we'll see. The thesis is playing out. We'll see how it works. But I like the upside-downside scenario. And then he goes on to talk about his working with Lee Lu. To, on the thesis. I mean, these are two, two of the greatest investors working on this thesis together. Pretty amazing. So Lilo and I became friends, and there's one business that we then collaborated on, which was Micron. So that actually went from me to him, and so we had a good interaction and exchange on that. And then he took a position, and I think he'll hold that for quite a while. If we go back to John Templeton, he would say that the best analyst would be wrong about three times. One out of three times, sorry. He said this quite a few times, uh, quoting John Templeton, saying that you can have a high error rate when you're looking, when you're buying good businesses or not buying good businesses, as the case may be. In fact, if we're wrong half the time, you're going to end up with a tremendous track record. He says the error rate, even for the best of us, is going to be very high. That was one of the reasons why Charlie, that's Charlie Munger, told me to talk to Lee Lu about Micron. And he said to me recently, so you bought Maotai, which is a Chinese spirits company, alcoholic spirits company. I said, yeah. He said, good. 
it's a company that's done very well. I understand that actually Papri bought it, but then he didn't hold it, he sold it. And he, he regretted selling it and not letting it, letting it compound more. Anyway, and recently you and Lilu collaborated on Micron. I said, yeah. He said, the idea came from you. I said, yeah. He said, it will do very well. I said, it's great to have God give that kind of endorsement. So that was Monish's thesis for Micron. Pretty interesting that the business has changed and it's going to, going to run for a long time. Now let's look at what has actually happened. If we look at, if you're on video, you can see on the screen the stock price over many years. This is, I've set it to a maximum, so it goes back way to the 80s. So Monish mentioned that it's changed over time. You'll see the big spikes and dips. It's been very cyclical over time. And that's what he was referring to there. But even so, even though it was cyclical, you know, I've, I've point pulled out a section here that going back to 2008 which is pretty much the the last big uh, share market bull cycle right from 2000 it's, it's actually March 2009 to recently was the big bull cycle that we've had but the stock itself grew 1800 percent even through the cyclicality you'll see the big ups and downs in the graph there so it still grew 1800 percent 1869% over that time. So it's still done well, even though cyclical. And another section I've pulled out here since uh, 2012 to October 2022, it's it's grown 768%. So that's the stock itself has done well, even though it has been cyclical. So the thesis is that it's going to be less cyclical now that there are fewer players and the industry is settling down a bit. It's sorted itself out. So I pulled out some of the numbers here. I use Guru Focus, so this is from Guru Focus. Uh, you can see the cyclicality in the business going back. I've got it back to to 2011 here. The return on capital employed, ROCE, you can see that's jumped around a bit, but generally pretty high, as high as 43% some year, but part of it is they put a lot of capex in. They have to put a lot of capex to build to build the factories and and uh, it just it tend, it does tend to jump around. And we look at the gross margins here. They'll talk about the gross margin in the earnings call, but the gross margin's been pretty pretty stable actually over time. 45, 45, 37, 30, 45, 58, 41, down to 20. So it's somewhat cyclical, but they've managed to keep it pretty high. And same with the operating margin, pretty good operating margin. 31, 24, 14, 31, 49 throughout the years. So you can see this all one year it was 1.86. So you can see the cyclicality but still pretty good. Debt to equity, pretty low throughout, generally less than 0.5, which I think Buffett looks for when he's looking for good businesses. And lastly, we'll look at revenue. So you can see revenue is, it jumps around over time because of that cyclicality, but generally going up over the long term once you normalize it, as we can see from the represented in the share graph that it's been good over time. Same with gross profit. So now I'm going to turn to the recent earnings call. I did listen to the call and look through their presentation. I've got a few slides from their presentation and I'll pick out some of the features and things have changed. I don't think, personally, I don't think the business has changed itself fundamentally, but the macro conditions are changing and I think we're going to see that in the earnings season come up with a whole bunch of companies. We already are. Have the, some companies have flagged that things are weakening, the, the economy is weakening and Micron does feel that. So it's going to, I think it's going to be interesting to see through this, if there's a recession, if it's a global recession, to see that cyclicality, if it is kind of lessened than previous cycles. 
but they will feel it and they've already saying so. But they did say in FY2022, this is the highlights slide I've got here, they delivered record annual revenue in fiscal year 2022 with solid profitability and free cash flow despite a challenging environment in the latter part of the year. So it's only just starting, but they have generally had a, had a good year. And they, they achieved record revenue in mobile, auto, industrial and networking end markets. So just in FQ4 2022, just been, they said, importantly, fiscal Q4 financial results were impacted by rapidly weakening consumer demand and significant customer inventory adjustments across all end markets. So the way I understood that from the call and there was a question asked about how uh, customer inventory is growing and so they're not you know obviously Micron's not selling as many to customers with with inventory still there responding decisively to this weak environment by decreasing supply growth through significant cuts to fiscal 2023 capex and by reducing utilization in our fabs they did talk about manufacturing more in the US as opposed to outside the US there'll be I think there'll be more companies doing that more US companies know that Apple recently announced that they'd be changing some of their manufacturing to India from China. I mean, that makes sense from a geopolitical point of view, but just diversifying around. But uh, also there's the the uh, US government's push to have man some more manufacturing come back to the US. And Micron's no exception for that. There's this slide here. It says manufacturing in the US. Earlier this month, we announced that we, are, we have chosen Boise. It's Boise, Idaho. Is one of the two leading edge DRAM manufacturing fab sites that we are planning in the US and we expect to invest approximately 15 billion at this site through the end of the decade. And they also said we'll soon announce a second high volume US DRAM manufacturing site. So they did announce it just a few days ago on October 4th. They said Micron announces historic investment up to 100 billion in to build mega fab in central new york as a sustainably built and operated leading edge memory fab to create nearly fifty thousand jobs in new york new green chips community fund to invest 500 million in community and workforce development development over time so this is the u.s government chips i think it's the chips act where they uh, want to get chips chips manufacturing back into the u.s partly you know for geopolitical reasons and so that is actually happening. So then they turn to the end market highlights. I won't go through this completely. It's just, you know, it's good to see their, their different sectors. So they've got data center, PC and graphics, mobile and intelligent edge, which includes auto, industrial and mobile. It's good diversity. They also they said that some are doing better than others. They did mention, I, I noticed, in auto doing particularly well. So the development of EVs, I think, will be very good for Micron over the coming decade and there are, but the other sectors are doing well too but they are feeling the macro headwinds there they then did talk about the industry outlook and the outlook for micron which obviously with possibly a coming recession my last video was about stanley druckenmiller who said he thinks there's a hard landing coming for the economy and hard landing by 2023 not necessarily this year but going into 2023 he says the stock market is going to be flat for a decade he thinks but he could be wrong but as far as it affects micron they do they do see some hard times ahead but generally you know with that we remember back to the uh, Manish Pabrai thesis that 
it's going to be less cyclical and they'll do well over time. I actually saw Manish on Twitter, I think it was last year or the year before even, he was sort of betting, trying to bet with somebody that Micron would do better than Amazon over the next 10 years, which was, an, was interesting to see. But Micron said that their bit demand growth for DRAM is now expected to be in the low to mid single digit percentage range and for NAND slightly higher than 10% in an unprecedented influence of macro events and customer inventory adjustments and depressing demand for DRAM and NAND to well below end consumption extremely aggressive pricing environment. And looking ahead, they say calendar year 2023, they expect demand growth to be closer to the long-term growth rate of both DRAM and NAND. So they're kind of expecting things to pick up just, but you know, every, every company is going to have to get through this recession. It's going to be interesting to see how companies like Tesla even get through if, if there's a, a serious recession. Be the kind of the first time that they've been through a proper one at scale anyway. Anyway, so that's it. There's more, but I'm just those are the kind of highlights, and I just wanted to run through the, their earnings. But and generally, just concerns about the macro environments and sort of hunkering down, battening down the hatches for that. But uh, with Micron, it's going to be see how they do over the long term. They've done well over the long term already. It's already a big company, but you know, Monish and those other investors are betting it's going to get a lot bigger over, say, the next decade. Uh, long-term holders will think unless they sell but I don't don't see any evidence of that uh, they might even some might even buy more if it uh, dips down during recession and again about that cyclicality it's going to be interesting to see that if you found value in this please think about subscribing on YouTube and if you're on another podcast app follow and subscribe there whatever it allows you to do and I'll see you next time